to test or not to test? That would be a good question. The amount of testing you do when you're working as an electrician is, is pretty much crazy sometimes. But to be fair, it's needed. Toolbox Talks for Electricians. Loading electricians with the tools and the skills they need to reduce stress, gain back time and earn more money. Hey there, Ben Poulter, your host, back again. And today's podcast is going to be about testing. And working as an electrician, there's not really a day that goes by where you don't do some form of testing. But do you ever skip that part? Think it'll be okay sometimes because I'm good at my job. Why do I need to test all the time? I haven't had a fire yet. Nothing's burnt down. Electricity can kill. So we don't want to use a £5 million insurance even though we've got it. Well, in this podcast, I'll tell you all the repercussions of skipping testing, along with an explanation on why electricians do it so much. And best of all, how testing can make you as much money as it saves you in the long run. Now, testing for many electricians is sort of the boring part. I know it is for me. It gets a bit of a bane sometimes. I got a job once where I was basically testing week in and week out yeah it didn't last long sort of thing i got too bored of doing that i like being the hands-on kind of guy where i actually do the insulation and you reap the benefits of seeing everything work at the end i get more of a satisfaction out of that rather than just testing it going yeah that's faulty yeah that's passing it's a bit boring for me testing when installing sort of 20 down lights in a kitchen, it's completely transforming the look of that kitchen and making it look a lot better. It's a lot more satisfying than just getting an ohms reading on your meter. But then again, turning it all on and seeing it all working, that's a functional test itself, making sure it all works. However, just because something works, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's safe and it'll work for long. So when installing a circuit anywhere, the testing is what to confirm that it's done to a high standard and that you've done a good job. So first things first, with one of the main tests that you do all the time, is your earth fault loop reading. Known as the earth fault loop impedance test. This will give you a reading in ohms, testing the circuit to make sure that the whole loop, the live, the neutral, is in working order before you actually start to do any sort of work inside a property or on any installation maybe. The last thing you want is to be tested at the end of the job and find that you can't get a good reading enough to pass your test on your test certificate because the fault was already there. So the first thing you wanna do when you get to a job is do a loop reading. Just test that you can get a decent reading at the beginning of the job so then at the end of the job you get a good reading too or even a better reading. It's happened to me before, where the earth in the fuse board was sort of left out. And I don't know why it left it out, but maybe a previous electrician had left it out for maybe testing or they, they took it out for some reason. Maybe it was tripping the fuse and they thought the only way to solve this is to pull the earth out. Yeah, it'll work, but man, this is not really a good thing to do. But that earth had been out for a little while and probably one of the reasons why the previous electrician didn't get called back. So assuming you've got a good ZE reading, that's the term they use for the air fault loop impedance test, it's like shortened down to ZE, then you get cracking on and start your work. And if the reading is too high, 
I'd spend maybe five minutes looking in maybe common places. Is the earth disconnected? Have they even connected the earth inside of the fitting or maybe in the socket or the light, something like that? A lot of the time, some people, do they just put them in maybe a chop block or if it's, if it's down lights, then they haven't carried on the feed because maybe the LED lighting is a class two fitting that didn't need an earth. So they didn't connect it to start with. But you should just, you should connect the earth if it's like a daisy chain anyway so it protects the cable not just the bleeding light fitting but it does depend on how high or the extent of how bad that reading is that maybe let the customer know that there's a fault there and it will be needed to be needed to be fixed and extra costs may get incurred in the job and then whilst you've got your live earth and neutral all connected to maybe that circuit flick your little tester over to the rcd tripping and just test the RCD to make sure that that's not faulty before you start. Because one, that will knock the correct circuit off what you're going to be working on. And that will also prove to you the circuit that you need to lock off back at the fuse board. So then you've installed your new circuit. Let's say that it is 20 down lights inside a kitchen. The first test you do is insulation resistance, known as a mega sometimes. So a lot of people say you mega the circuit and at a normal voltage of 240 volts, then you test it at 500 volts, double the nominal voltage. And at this point, you don't want to have any of the lights connected. You're only testing the wiring, plus testing maybe a LED light fitting at 500 volts, it'll damage the new lights that you're putting in. So you don't want to do it at 500 volts with the lights in. Maybe if you put them on a plug, or a lot of times they have these chop blocks where you can wire them into and the plugs, the new LED fittings, they come where you can plug them in, plug them out, so they're easily replaceable. So maybe if you've got all your plugs on, hanging out, ready to be tested. And the insulation resistance will make sure that your wiring you've put in, it isn't damaged anywhere or the cable's good because a lot of times these days I see that some of the cables are basically rubbish. They're made a little bit cheaper. Everything's getting cheaper and it's obviously less, the materials are getting made with well, just crap and materials, really. They're not as good. Or they'll also make sure that any of the trades that have not gone through your cables and damaged your cables. And I'm not going to name any plasterers here, but yeah, you do it all the time, lads. So you do your insulation resistance and you mega it out and it's completely clear. Spot on, you've done a good job. Then after that, you want to start with a continuity test, which is testing live and neutral, live and earth, and neutral enough and this will be tested without the circuit into the board at the fuse board end because don't connect the live not sorry don't connect the earth and the neutral into the board because the neutral and the earth if it's a pme system it may be common so you will get a reading so leave them disconnected from the board and this is where them little wagos come in handy because you can easily connect your maybe live in your neutral or your live in your earth at the end of line at your last light fitting where there's one cable so you can test the whole circuit all the way back to the board. I think them Wagos are a great invention for that. I keep Wagos in my pocket all the time so they come in handy for a lot of things. And then the results you get from that continuity testing will be in ohms and it will give you a reading and in the on-site guide there's a table that tells you the acceptable ohms readings on cable sizes and lengths. Over time, you'll get to know which is acceptable, so you won't have to go back to that book every five minutes to check. Is this all right? Is this a pass or is it a fail? But then you've checked all your readings, and brilliant, your wiring is spot on. Of course it is, you're an electrician. We don't make mistakes. 
So then it's time for the best test of them all. Actually turning it on and selecting the correct fuse for the cables you've put in and getting all your hard work that you've put into action working with a functional test. So that's it. You're done. Pack your bag up, get paid, get out of there. Now that would what would you do if you're a goddamn cowboy? You pack your tools away and get out of there because you, th- you assume that you're finished, you're done and dusted. Well, if you've gone that far, you might as well complete more tests. Just obviously for your certificate. You've got to get the results. You've got to write them down to maybe give them a part B or to give them a certificate for the installation that you've done. So go back and do your earth fault loop impedance test, your live testing. And then also, whilst it's connected once again, you've got to check that that RCD trips and it trips within the permitted times because you're going to need all these readings for your paperwork anyway. So let's say you're one of these guys who doesn't bother testing. I don't care how good you are at your job. It only takes one mistake for everything to go wrong. Just the other day, I was second fixing a house with over 20 sockets. And all the results, firstly, the first dead results, they turned out spot on. But then I went round after and plugged in my little socket tester that tells you, the one with the three lights on it that tells you whether you've got a live and neutral fault or any, any any sort of fault. It's a great little tester. Obviously, you've got to check these out with sockets. You've got to plug them in to make sure you have got a live, neutral, and an earth. But one of these sockets, it come up with a live and neutral, the wrong way around. I thought, oh, my God, what have I done there? I pulled the socket off and had a look. What I had, I put them in the wrong terminations of the socket. I know exactly what happened. I got a phone call. Whilst I was doing that socket, whilst I was second fixing, and I answered the phone call, sat there with it on loudspeaker, my mind was in a different place, and I haven't got a clue why. I'd done a, the other 19 spot on, but no, one of them I got around the wrong way. But it proved upon the testing. And although it's probably not a big deal for many appliances, but if some customer plugged their hoover in and it was going to blow rather than suck, that's going to be a big problem. That guy obviously wants that hoover to suck rather than pull, uh, blow even. And it's these simple little mistakes that can leave the customer thinking that you're rubbish at your job. And it will stop them calling you back in the future or also even recommending you because everyone remembers the faults that you do. If they have to call you back and say, oh yeah, my Hoover was blowing, then that's going to be the story. Like about, oh yeah, this, the electrician, he did it wrong. Not about, hey, the electrician did a great job and everything works spot on and it's safe. It'll be about the fault that you did. And he'll tell all their friends about that. So leave the job with full confidence that you've done a good job and completed it to the highest standard that you can possibly complete it to. All the testings that electricians do is to make sure that the install is correct. Now, how many times have you been to a customer's house where another electrician's been there and done some work? Only to find that it's a simple fix. If the guy did some testing, he would have found out that it's a loose cable or something that... 10 minutes of testing would have picked up on and it would save him going back or getting a bad reputation. The only reason that I want to return to a customer's house is to do more work. So carrying out these tests, it will save you time and money in the long run. I've been to many a jobs before where you've discovered some faults with your testing on maybe other circuits that I wasn't working on at the time, but reported them to the customer and asked if you'd like to have a quote to get them faults fixed. So obviously that was more work and more money. And customers 
who've watched me test before and they appreciate that you're doing such a thorough job with your work. And it gets them talking to their friends as well. Whilst they said, oh, this electrician come along, he had this tester, he was doing this, he was doing that to make sure everything was right. They recommend you to your, their friends. They tell them, they tell their friends and their family a story about how thorough you were and how good electrician you are. And that again results in more money, more work. And you don't get called up by customers saying oh yes um, excuse me that job you did the light is flickering only to find that you've left a loose connection you thought damn I didn't tighten it up right or sometimes when you've got small wires you might tighten it up too much and that terminal it snaps it snaps a cable off inside it well a continuity test would show you that that you've got a high reading and that cable snaps you need to re-terminate it and you could do that wise on site so it'll stop you getting called back which again more more time and more money you'll have in your business so this goes to show that although although testing this boring job it's worth taking a little bit of extra time to do it and do it right and for more ways to get more work and more money check out the podcast how these simple easy steps will fill your diary with high paying customers all year round and that will help your business grow even better and I'll leave a link in the description of this podcast to the other podcast so you can check it out right away. Thanks for listening. And until next time, I'll see you again. Get inside the Toolbox Talks for Electricians group and post your experience of what we've talked about today. I'll leave a link to the group in the show notes below. Until next time, I'll see you again.